Hi, and welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. We're talking today about season two, episode three. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And today's episode is called A Bee in Your Bonnet. So Chris, is this an English expression? Like, does everyone know what this means? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Like to have a bee in your bonnet means you're a little bit um, wound up about something, doesn't it? Yeah, so I googled it just to make sure, and apparently it means like when you're obsessed with something and you can't stop thinking about it, but it oh. does mean if you're worried or angry about something as well. So I kind of thought it was kind of clever how they used that idiom is that or phrase as the episode title. Uh, but let's kick off with, we're going to look at our best bits, and then we're going to look at questions that we might have for each other about the episode, our eye roll moments. I've added two extra sections, so sad moments and predictions, and then we are going to have our shockers. How does that all sound? Cool, sounds good. Let's kick off with best bits then. Do you want to go first? Okie doke. So my best bit, I mean, I guess this goes under sad, but I I was really impressed how they transported us back into time where Anthony's spending time with his dad, and they're like bonding and teaching each other how to, well, Anthony's being taught how to shoot, and we get to meet the dad, and dad's kind of hot. Uh, and then we basically see Anthony have like a bit of a personality transplant. And oh my word, that scene where dad gets stung by a bee, actual goosebumps. Yeah, I popped that under shockers and I just popped bee sting WTF. I mm. knew it was coming, okay? Because we've talked about the whole um, thing about the bee and why it keeps popping up. I knew it was bloody coming. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to see it. Mm. I wanted to skip it so bad. And I just knew it when he bent down to pick up the flowers. And he was like, your mother. And I was like, oh, my God, no, no, no. I had to look away. I really didn't want to see it. It was so traumatizing. Yeah. And so horrible. I have vicarious trauma. I actually have like that, that thing where you get trauma from something you've seen. I felt it like I had the goosebumps and Anthony's face was so distraught. But it also, was horrific. It was horrific. There should have been like a trauma disclosure. But can I just say that totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, it's come back to me. How did he make it to like 45 or however he's supposed to be without getting like stung by a bee? But then I've just realized that I'm mm. in my 30s and I haven't been stung. But he's always have in the not? countryside. No, mm. I haven't. I've been stung maybe once or twice. Um, oh my god, it was awful. And, and oh my god, when the when Mama Bridgerton comes out and she's pregnant and she's holding him, and then she says, Anthony, the children, oh. and he looks so I don't know, stunned, and then she just screams at him, Anthony, go. Oh god, and I was I got like, that just now. gave me just the way she did it, that just desperation. I mean, I'm not sure why this has come up because we're talking about best bits, I but I found this I so it. bloody depressing. Yeah. There were a few flashbacks in this. I really, really loved this episode. I feel like more yeah. more fun things happened in the last episode. But at the same time, I was watching it again just before today and I was thinking there's so much depression and there's so much grieving mm. in it. It's actually quite a depressing episode, but then it's mixed with like lots of fun, like with the croquet game and stuff. So, And it also really mm. helps to us to understand Anthony and his like, it's my duty like oh my god like broken record much we get it I don't know what I was thinking I don't know why I put this under best bit I think it was just the acting blew my mind I was like it was brilliant how the mum and Anthony they deserve an award like I think oh god for me um the eye-opener wasn't that he's doing things for duty it was that moment where he sat next to his mum on the bench and he was like you weren't there you were so um overwhelmed by your grief it's almost like that moment he decided he would never want to feel that pain yeah and that was the reason that he was like I won't I won't have a marriage with love because what he witnessed was so raw that raw grief that she had was so horrific yeah. it almost put him off love forever and I I thought that was really nice and the mum's face when she yeah. realizes when he says that she looks quite shocked I think yeah. um yeah that actually that scene because that scene happens towards the end of the episode so Anthony basically goes to the grave where his dad's tombstone is and he sits on the bench next to his mum and I put that as one of my favorite scenes because I agree he said he doesn't want to love like what she had because he can't handle the pain or the idea of causing someone Mm -hmm. so much pain because she basically wasn't there she was an absent mum 
Yeah, and I get it. And I get that we all deserve to grieve and we deserve to show our emotions. But I think maybe some parents might try and keep it in check and try and uh, and hide it. And she couldn't. And that's fair. And he had to step in. But I can totally get why he'd be traumatized by that experience and never want to repeat it. There was this really good scene where his acting was absolutely brilliant, where it's a flashback again. And he's in a room and he's he's like got tears in his eyes. He's really tearful. And the servant comes in. He's like, uh, Viscount, uh, we'll move your rooms. We'll move your mother's stuff. And he's like, but why? And he was like, well, they're your rooms now. And he's like on the verge of just completely breaking down into tears. And it was so well done. Yeah. You're right. It's really good acting. He was incredible. He was incredible. And just both of them, the mum screaming on the stairs in the background, just that whole, like, I thought this was like the whole British stiff upper lip thing to the extreme. Like the dad is barely like, he's still warm. He's basically just yeah. died. And they're like, do you want the keys to the office or? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Was, do you know what I was thinking? Do you remember in series one, Eloise says to Daphne, um, do you not remember the night Mama gave birth to um, Hyacinth and her screams? And do you remember we were talking about that? This has so much more significance now that we understand that Hyacinth was born, maybe even the same day, I'm not sure, or very close to the father's death. And her screams weren't just the screams of childbirth, they were the screams of like overwhelming grief. So that whole conversation really is is so much more more to it right it gave us so much more of an understanding about the dynamics of everything about how they work as a family Anthony had to step in as a dad he was a son one moment who couldn't fire a pistol at a gun at a gun um at a deer and he basically went from that admiring his dad like thinking he's got all the time in the world to develop the confidence he doesn't have and he was basically thrust into that situation Mm. like a rabbit in the headline is that the expression a rabbit in the headline yeah isn't it dear yeah. oh I think you can have both okay but um so, so we liked those scenes but mostly for the acting and the and the powerful yeah. emotions then okay so now we've got the most horrific part of the episode out of the way oh God, and yeah. the most depressing part should we go on to like the nice fun best bits okay you go first okay so I absolutely love this <laughs> one of my favorite bits when Mama Featherington is like Right, we need someone to seduce um, the heir. <laughs> we need someone who is stupid and male- malleable. And then Prudence walks in and she's like, finger. And I was like, that's your daughter. And you basically just said that she was stupid. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. That is hilarious. I thought it was really funny that, yeah, that she would have the audacity to hook up her daughter with their fourth cousin. And I think she says something like, <laughs> when has that stopped us? Because only a fourth cousin. And I just thought that was so calculating. But she's a fighter and that's why you love her. I mean, I love Featherington, but I will say it's quite hard for me to kind of approve of what she's doing in this episode. So she's basically pimping Prudence out. And she says to her, oh, we'll get you some new dresses to make you more tempting. And she's and Prudence is like, tempting for what? Because again, no idea what sex is. And the mum's like, never you mind. And I'm like, oh dear, I don't love that. And when she goes to the Medice and she's like, lower neckline, lower neckline. I was like, she's basically pimping her daughter out. And I didn't yeah. love it. Yeah, I love how you say you didn't love it, but I'm not getting the whole you hated it vibe. I feel like you're like, <sighs> oh, Mama Featherington, naughty, but I still love you vibe. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. But it's, yeah. it's borderline like, oh, I don't know how ethical this is. Really unethical. And it's just, she's not very maternal. She doesn't really, I guess she's, but then again, she's doing it because she's literally fearful they're going to get thrown into the streets. And then, and then what? And then her daughter's going to have to be what? Like a, a street worker and earn a shilling yeah. a week. Do you know, like part of this storyline, what I absolutely loved, one of my, it made me laugh um, when she's trying to get Prudence to seduce him and she's using the fan. She's like, use the fan to draw attention to your bosom and -hmm. it doesn't work. And afterwards, Prudence says, oh, it didn't work. Um, Cousin Jack was not interested in my bosom. (laughs) And she was like, Jesus, stop calling him Cousin Jack because that is the most disturbing sentence I've ever heard. That was so funny. She's not quite with it. Prudence is really sweet, isn't she? But she's not quite with it. I guess she she is a bit doofy. She doesn't have her mums, but they work well together. They're almost like a little sister duo, aren't they? Yeah. It was funny. 
my actual funniest moment and I want to have this as a meme and I can't stop laughing thinking about it so they're at the meal or I think that everyone's having a meal together the Bridgertons and the what are the family called um Kate her mum Sharmas the Sharmas and and Benedict as high as a kite. Oh, yes, yes, love <laughs> my it. My favourite bit is he knocks over the wine and then he covers his face and like, oh, I'm so silly. <laughs> oh, and he's the way he was posing and I actually peed myself a little bit. He was just, and he was like, the lights are so pretty. They look like stars. And I was like, you are hilarious. I loved that. Did you think it was like marijuana? Oh, yeah, like taken? some pretty... Oh, actually, yeah, it could have been marijuana. And he put the he whole lot really in high. his tea. Mm. Mm. I think the Bridgerton, uh, uh, Benedict being high storyline was absolutely brilliant. Mm. I loved it. I loved it. It gave a, a bit, a little bit of light relief. And he's sort of going down like, yeah, he's trying to find himself and all that bohemian stuff, isn't he? So. And then when Mama, Mama Bridgerton, when he knocked over the glass, was like, uh, Benedict, you're worrying our guests or something. Um, yeah. She must have been thinking, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Now, I've just thought about something. You know how we were saying that we understand now the dynamic between the Bridgertons and how the mum basically went AWOL. She was like lost in action, whatever you call that. MIA. Mm -hmm. What's that? Missing in action. That would maybe, maybe that explains Daphne's lack of sexual education in her formative years leading up to, um, leading up to her coming out because her mum just was not there. Like, she was not there for any I don't of know, though, because Hyacinth looks about nine. Do you think she looks about nine years old yeah. when, when in season one when, when um, Daphne's coming out? So I think, you know, that's been nine years. Yeah, but that's the nine that's... years. So how old was Daphne when she came out in society? 17? I don't know. Something like that, probably. So, yeah, between the ages of, like, nine and 11, like, leading up to that, she had no one there, potentially, to speak to mm. about that. Maybe that's why she was clueless. But she still had the age of like, she still had the age of 10 to 17. That's like seven years where. We don't yeah, know. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe she was how just long... depressed. Yeah, we don't know how long Mama Featherington and um, Bridgerton was out of action. You know, she might have only really started getting back involved in her yeah. children's lives again, like in the last three years. Maybe we should give her a bit of, uh, a, bit of a break mm. for that then. What did you think of the croquet match? I'm going to be honest, okay? There was a lot to talk about here. Mm-hmm. So I think it served the purpose of showing, again, how similar Kate and Anthony are. I love the banter between all the siblings, and I love how yeah. Kate was clearly loving it, and she was smiling, and she was getting on board. But it also made me cringe and feel really uncomfortable. Any reason, any idea why? What, because they made out that because Edwina wasn't involved in the game, she was like an outcast? Yeah, and like she's very sweet and kind and she does not get that competitive banter. She looked quite uncomfortable. She was like, I thought it was supposed to be a game. She kept like not doing the shots very well. And a couple of times I noticed that Daphne looked puzzled and then she clapped Mm. her hand or she reluctantly clapped her hand. And I was like, what is Daphne thinking here? Why is she taking it so seriously? I feel like as soon as Daphne met Edwina, she looked at her and thought, you are not what I was expecting my brother to fall in love with. And she clocked it straight away that she was just too demure and meek and that Kate was more feisty and more her brother's type. And Mm. she didn't really hide that. Um, And Mm. you're right, there was a scene where Edwina had her ball had gone into the bush and they were like, oh, you can still go and get it because it was a really shit shot and it was kind of awkward. Mm. And there was just a massive pause where poor Redwina just looked into the bushes, had absolutely no intention of going to get her ball. And everyone was just waiting. It was just awkward. And I almost felt like you were right. Like they were pushing her out of the group because it's like, oh, if you're not sporty, then you're not cool enough to hang out with us Bridgertons. And yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I did I've, feel a bit bad for her, but at I the same time, it. I really at the same didn't time, like... I do think that, she's boring so (laughs) no I disagree it it reminded me of being at school where it feels really clicky and like you're just not in with the cool kids and I did really didn't like it and I didn't like how Kate seeing her sisters standing there clearly at a loss clearly out of her depth like she's not into these mind games and banter 
that's not her thing why didn't Kate say I'll get the ball for you like she was so competitive that she'd actually she had actually decided that her beating Anthony was more important than actually looking after her sister and I didn't like that at all I agree you're right because she could have said I'll I'll come with you Edwina and help you with the ball and that's what I was waiting for her to do and you're right she didn't and it just there was this big awkward wall of silence around it and I was like this is awkward I feel like I said this about the last episode too. They keep ramming it down our throats. Look how similar Anthony and Kate are, like with the wolf whistling at the horse racing match. And then she picked the same mallet that Anthony always picks and he called it the mallet of death. And I was like, come on. And then this whole competitive thing, I was like, they don't need to be identical twins for this romance to work. Like stop trying to make them so similar. Yeah, I don't think they needed that. I think they had enough chemistry, um, without that you know like the way that they were talking with each other so I wasn't I just, a fan and I actually liked Edwina more in this moment because she represented to me the underdog and and Eloise was quite insensitive she was like oh I'm, I'm going to really like Kate because Kate makes a couple of comments about um Anthony and beating him and I was like Edwina is there like how do you think mm. she feels hearing you say that you know you're not well I've written it down I've written down that Kate is overshadowing Edwina the whole Mm. the moment they arrived on that property Anthony didn't greet Edwina he greeted Kate and said what do you think and completely ignored Edwina the whole croquet match I was like Kate is constantly overshadowing Edwina and it's not great I don't like it and I actually feel like I almost wonder actually how much of Kate's resistance to the marriage is actually because she doesn't like Anthony and maybe actually she does like him and fancy him and that's playing a bigger part in this than she cares to admit. I don't think so yet unless it's completely unconscious. That's what I'm saying. I think it might might be unconscious or subconscious because otherwise I just feel like she wouldn't be caring about beating Anthony and she would have gone into the bushes and helped her sister. There would have been more unity between them. Yeah, you're right. That's why I'm like, hang on, this doesn't make sense. What about the bit then when they... Oh, I don't really get why Colin hit both their balls wide and then was like off you both go and it was almost like he was setting up a little dalliance like I get it if he did it to hit to Anthony and Edwin when it gave them a chance to kind of separate from the group and go off and I was like Colin almost gave them this romantic mm-hmm. escape but at the same time just before that when Edwina is walking off and um Colin gestures to Anthony with a head to say as if to say accompany her dickhead like a company yeah. and then Anthony oh. goes up to her and says no and then Colin does do that with the two balls I thought it was because he's it was it was strategic to get them both out of the way because no one else could win because those two were so competitive okay. so but my question for you is it isn't it a bit inappropriate that a man or woman go off on the land on their own unaccompanied by a chaperone why was that allowed yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess they're you know they're all in a, a big family group together, and they're at home, and they're not following like they're not in a public ball somewhere. But I, I guess it was still a uh, yeah. I don't know. But my question then is: Is it because Kate is seen as unmanageable material? She's seen as old, or she's seen as she's not even on the market. That she's almost invisible, and that's why they that's why they think that nothing is going to happen. Do you think yeah, I don't think they've. Uh, yeah, I don't think they probably would have even thought it because they are just guests and they're quite laid back and it's in their family homes. I don't think they're even thinking about that kind of formal social etiquette at this point. But um, okay. I do think you're right though. Like um, Kate even says to Eloise, "Society has no place for me as an unmarried single woman who's not a widow." Um, she is a bit invisible, isn't she? Yeah, and that's why I think that how and Anthony going off on on their own isn't seen as a problem I guess majorly mostly because he is looking to marry her sister but I just think that they don't see her as a threat because they just don't see her as Mm. on the market at all anyway yeah um I I thought the whole sticking in the mud thing was a bit odd like I guess it was it was supposed to break their formal interaction and make them laugh together and it was supposed to break the ice between them, wasn't it? And kind of destroy that formality. Yes. Think? Are we still on best bits? Sorry. Um, well, I think we were just still on that whole that whole thing about the croquet, but we can move on if you like. 
Yeah, let's focus on all the best bits first. And then it sounds like the one that you just mentioned sounds a little bit more like an eye roll. Okay, no, I was still on best bits, but I, I've got no more best bits now. So you do yours. So was then falling in the mud a best bit for you? No. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I thought it was quite funny how um, Eloise is just not fussed by um, Daphne's baby. She sits on like the Shea Lounge and Benedict comes up and sits behind her like for moral support. And I just, I really love the relationship between Eloise and Benedict. I think they are probably the closest siblings and Benedict just kind of seems to have her back. And when mm. she makes a comment about going to buy gloves or something or doing something, he looks at her as if to say, since when? And I just, I, I wonder if Benedict had to step in as her dad role when Anthony had to step in and look after the house because they just seem really close together and they're, they're a little bit kindred spirity aren't they they're both uh, independent spirits they want to do their own thing what do you think yeah I guess they've got that similarity I think that was really like made more clear in series one where um they they do have those similar and they don't want to be part of society they want to yeah. be outcast so yeah so they seem to like each other a lot which I really loved so they were all my best bits yeah cool would you want to move on to shoppers yes okay so, so this is you go first so I was just going to say the bee sting was my biggest one um I thought that was quite horrific but we've already talked about that what was yours uh, I thought the bee sting felt OTT over the top I said it was a PTSD reaction to the trauma of watching his dad die oh, oh. sorry I was talking about the original bee sting. So you're talking about the moment where Kate gets stung by the, oh my God, don't even get me oh, started. Oh I God. I was just cringing. That was one of the biggest cringe scenes. Mm-hmm. Anthony is supposed to be having some kind of panic attack. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I love Anthony as an actor, mm-hmm. but that was so, it was done so badly. Yeah. And the way Kate was just, open mouth open eyed staring at him for ages and breathing deeply and he was breathing deeply and then she put his hand on her chest I guess she was trying to calm him down the whole scene I don't think personally was done very well and it just made me cringe it made me cringe I felt like he was clearly having a panic attack but their proximity to each other suggested a sexual nature of it and so it felt it felt uncomfortable because I felt like rather than being calm and like oh Anthony it's okay you know it felt like it felt like she was leaning in to kiss him and and it felt like they were trying to make a panic attack into like this sexual intense chemistry and I was like no he's having a traumatic response you're right and and then I felt her reaction was like she what felt he was seducing her or something oh my god it it was so it just doesn't work it doesn't doesn't work work. does it it was just because you're like heavy panting in close proximity doesn't mean you start to like get turned on or something I feel like oh my god and it was horrible because it yeah it went from zero to 60 really fast where it was one minute we're just talking next minute we're about to have sex with each other and then she runs off and she's you can tell she's looking around thinking like I hope Edwina doesn't see and I was thinking yeah that's horrible if Edwina saw that their relationship would have been really damaged because it looked yeah. like they were making out, like you said. Yeah, and I don't know if that turned her on because she was talking to him normally before that. And then she was like, my Lord, are you okay? And then I felt like she sexualized it by leaning in. And like, why didn't she take a step back? And why didn't she calm him down? Why did it have to get sexual? Yeah, for some reason, the way they're playing this out is every time Kate sees Anthony as vulnerable, she seems to care or understand him more. And they're just, they're making it very obvious. So like that moment where she realizes he got upset because they were near his dad's memorial and suddenly she cares and she goes over and she wants to find out more. She's intrigued by his reaction. Then she sees him have a panic attack. And again, that seems to evoke some kind of response from her in terms of how, how she feels for him. It's that old, old trope, isn't it? You, yeah. she hates him but then she sees his sensitive side and sees that he's vulnerable and she falls in love with him but I feel like they're really over egging it I just think it was clumsily done but I guess they needed something to happen where he loses control they needed something to happen where they can have like oh that was bad like something really over the top I just think mm. that maybe it was her reaction that I was more uncomfortable with because I felt like rather than being like Anthony my lord are you okay 
just takes it takes some deep breaths and rather than her keeping her distance and maintaining that thing as a friend I felt like she transformed into like a wanton woman and I was like no this yeah. isn't the time or place love keep it in your pants and then when he ran away and he ran up against a tree I was like, okay yeah he's like freaking out and panicking he just had a panic attack in front of a woman like he doesn't want to seem vulnerable but I was like why is she, why is she acting like that because she's never seen a man that vulnerable before or yeah I I just think it was badly done I think it was just badly directed to be honest but what else could Um, they have done then do you reckon what how could they have fixed it I don't know but it just wasn't I don't know it just wasn't great they could have done something different you know um it was weird it was weird and and again it was like zero to hero or whatever you call it so yeah. that was the only part of the whole series that I've seen so far. So we're on episode three that I was like, oh, that's not my favorite scene so far. Um, yeah, and it was it was really sad seeing, I don't know whether this would come under eye rolls or shockers, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, seeing Edwina really sad. And I think um, Kate's giving her like an Indian head massage in the mm. bedroom. And she's like, I hate seeing you like this. I hate seeing you sad. But Edwina soon kind of perks up a bit when Kate's like, you're the diamond. You have so many other options. There's so many men in the ton who want you. And she cheers up a bit. So I'm like, well, at least she's not absolutely in love with with Anthony. That just shows she's a little bit open to other men. Yeah, I put that down as like, I guess, shockers, sad. I said, First, yes, the shocking were the flashbacks. The flashbacks for me were so shocking. Um, yeah. And so I don't think I would rewatch this episode, actually, to be honest with you. No. Um, and I also found Edwina's mini meltdown really sad. Like, she came across as really, like, low confidence and self-esteem. And and she, I yeah, think something... as well, maybe that's why she was so nice to Penelope about the dress, because I think maybe she could see a little bit of herself in Penelope. I don't think she's as self-assured or confident as Kate is. I don't, yeah, maybe. There was, there was a bit at the beginning I didn't love that made, made me feel like she was seen as quite shallow and a bit vapid when they're in the carriage and they're having a conversation about how the weekend's going to go so they're on their way to Anthony's family home. Mm. And Kate and Lady Danbury are kind of talking about strategy, I suppose. And all um, Edwina has to say is, should I wear this, the pink silks for dinner, do you think? And that's all she has to say. And then they're talking. And then at the end of the conversation, she's like, yes, the silk pinks will do for dinner. And I'm like, that's all she says. Like, it really annoyed me. I was like, that's all she's thinking about. And it just came across as really shallow and not very intelligent. I think to me, it came across that she's just so naive and that she's just a pawn in this game. And it also Mm. made me realise how much has she not been able to grow into her own woman because Kate is so dominant and controlling. Maybe, maybe that is what it is. How can you grow? She should be having that discussion with Lady Danbury about strategy, but she isn't. She's being mollycoddled by her older sister who thinks knows best. So I actually found myself really liking Edwina in this episode. I think she's a very sweet, lovely, kind person. And I actually feel like Kate doesn't, there's something about Kate that I don't like. I think she's a little bit grabby. The way she's acting with Anthony, Mm. I felt like, hang on, you're saying one thing, but you're acting in another way. You're not acting like, Maybe. I don't know. I can't explain it. Mm. Okay. We'll have to see how this, yeah, how this goes in the next episode. Um, uh, do you have any eye rolls or you any more shockers? So more shockers. So more shockers. Before we move on to eye rolls, the the shocking thing was, oh god, dude! After this episode, like, I felt like I needed just to like get some stuff off my chest. It was so intense. When Mama Bridgerton was in labour, and that bloody GP was like, I'm not going to talk to the mum. I'm not going to talk to the mum who's mm. given birth a thousand times. I'm going to talk to her son who's just a kid and ask him to make the biggest decision that doesn't even belong to him. And then Mama Bridgerton is like, oh, that awful speech about how my husband should be here, and he's just a boy, like, he doesn't yeah, know. And that was awful. I just, there, were little, there were little snippets of how, how women are treated during this time period, how little voice they have over their own bodies. 
and I was like god if I wasn't depressed before I am now yeah I think you're right like it's a shame because I, I tried watching this again this morning and I had to skip the bee sting at the beginning with the dad because I, was like, I am not watching that again yeah um and I was kind of cooking as I was watching it so I didn't mind these grief scenes because they just they're so interspersed you it's hard to skip them isn't it yeah um but you're right it's depressing but then at the same time I did really like the thing about the croquet and all the Bridgertons and that competitive nature. We're seeing more family scenes, I think, in this series and in series one. I love, love, love that. I just, I felt like, um, I just felt like I really <laughs> empathised with um, Edwina. Edwina. I really yeah. felt for her. She was so out of her, out of her zone. Am I right in thinking as well that... I feel like Kate wears a lot of blue. I might be wrong, but I wondered if that was like a slight mm. like nod to, oh yeah, she's a bit more Bridgerton than the other one who doesn't wear blue. But I think okay. I might be wrong. I'd like to... I, I've seen a lot of green and purple. I can't seen, think yeah. of any blue, but you, you could be right. No, I think it is pink and purple in this episode, isn't it? I'm just thinking about the mud mm. scene. Um, I thought it was shocking how Anthony touches Kate's arm when he helps her up out of the mud and then when they fall back he has his arm around her waist I was like oh hold on mate keep your hands to yourself much no like you're a bit handsy I guess yeah I mean I guess he doesn't have a choice because they were in that but again I think that's why they made that scene because it broke down those formal barriers so you're right not just with the way they speak to each other but that touch barrier that there normally is with that distancing and stuff and it kind of broke that down Mm, okay that was the end of my shockers Okay, so I had a few eye rolls. Um, I thought when Anthony and Edwina were sat on the sofa having that conversation with the two of them, Mm. I felt like it was kind of a little bit stilted and a little bit awkward, whereas later on Edwina's like, oh, we conversed so well and there were no awkward pauses. And I was like, really? Because I don't think it flowed that great. Um, And it's just, she was just really boring and just it was almost like an interview you know when you go to an interview Mm. and you're trying to boost your resume and you're like oh I can read and oh I don't mind my husband being away and all of this stuff and I was I was just like oh my god just say something interesting (laughs) yeah but then does Kate actually say anything interesting other than Anthony I'm gonna own you I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that you're bad for my she's quite funny actually doesn't she because when they arrive with the dog Kate's like, oh, he's a very good judge of character, and the dog barks at him, and she's like, see. So I guess maybe she's a little bit more. They got bantery. a bit of banter, and I don't know. Um, yeah, you've really got it in for Edwina, haven't you, darling? They really do. You I'm really sorry, don't Edwina. like her, and actually, I find myself liking her more and more, and I'm more and more cynical of Kate's intentions. Well, really, if you think about it, Edwina's only interested in a guy with a title and lots of money. So I think I also am put off by that. She doesn't really know Anthony. She's just interested in the fact that he's a a Viscount and he's got a lovely house. So do you reckon? I'm. I think. Well, that's the only motivation I can see so far. You know, I hadn't actually thought of that. I just, I just thought she was. She thought he was handsome, but I guess that's also not a. Good yeah. enough reason. What eye rolls do you have? I actually don't have any. I think my shockers would just absorbed all of my eye rolls. The only eye roll I have is overreaction of Anthony. Felt like Kate was loving the hand- heavy panting. I saw it as him having a panic attack rather than him fancying her. That's what I've written down there. Yeah. I thought... Um... Yeah, the I just felt like I, I forgot that I put this, but I've put I think the trouble with the um the B scene with Anthony and Kate is that it was overacted. Yeah. There was no subtlety and it was so over the top, it was uncomfortable. Um it didn't I, feel like great acting. No, I felt like they could have dialed it down maybe twenty five percent, thirty percent, have him react, have him hyperventilating, but have her maintain that distance and and calm him down and that still would have bonded them and they could have still had like a subtly inappropriate moment maybe they could have maintained deep eye contact maybe he could Mm. they could have held hands and and gaze into each other's eyes that would have felt a little bit less over the top and then they could have like a dog or something come up towards them and then they ran away 
it just felt a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just actually found, I turned the page and I actually had a couple more best bits, which we haven't mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, the eye contact between Kate and Anthony at the dinner table um, was quite obvious. And did you notice Daphne picks up on it and she keeps looking between Anthony and Kate because she knows that they're making this eye contact. What did you think? I thought you might like that. I loved that. I can't believe I forgot about that. Are you sure that mm. was for this episode? Because I know that last yes. time you... Okay, you got excited. Ah, you know, I got confused. Um, was that before or after the bee sting? Before, because, again, Lady Danbury, I think, is a little bit inappropriate. They're having dinner and they're talking and she basically drops a massive hint that Anthony should propose. Oh, that was and it was really awkward. And then Anthony makes a toast and he's about to propose and he changes his mind last he looks minute. At, he looks at Kate. Do you see that? He looks at mm. Kate and it's like he doesn't okay. do it. Because he's confused or he's having doubts, but or he maybe, doesn't, I don't think consciously he's aware of it yet. Or also maybe he has subconscious feelings or he's attracted to her or maybe mm. maybe he's so aware of how much she doesn't want him to marry him that he's looking at her to see her reaction yeah it's it's strange but then his his excuse is oh everyone was looking at me and it's uncomfortable and it was and I think it was really unfair of Lady Danbury to just again put her put her foot in it and kind of try and control the situation which I don't love when she does that it's funny because, you know, I am Team Danbury. I have a lot of respect for that woman, but I, she is quite bullshit. And it did feel a little bit inappropriate to suggest that. And also a little bit, you know, a bit like unmanning the guy. Like, let him have his moment. Let him decide yeah. when he proposes. And in front of everyone as well, like, talk about pressure. I think proposing in a dinner toast in front of people is just not cool. Like, I think it wasn't very romantic either. Like, propose in the um, rose garden or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Don't do it in front of people. For any guys listening, I don't know. I don't know if everyone loves that. So, I don't know. That should be a question in our Facebook group. Would you like to be mm-hmm. proposed in front of a dinner table of guests? Um, That's a good so one. I noticed that Anthony was looking at Kate when someone was talking about how Kate had to step up and look after the family and he was looking at her and he was touching his his lips with his finger did you notice that oh oh um, and someone says that there's a doesn't Daphne say something like oh Anthony that sounds like you yeah or am I thinking of something else so for her to draw that conclusion no you're right for her to draw that conclusion it's like she's trying to get him maybe she's trying to get him that would seem a bit far-fetched though wouldn't it do you think she can see it yeah, 100%. The moment she met Kate, she was like, oh, this is Anthony's girlfriend. And when she meets her sister, she looked really confused. She was like, surely. Oh, okay. All the way through and through the croquet and through all of it. And I think that's why they have that conversation in the library, isn't it? Where Daphne basically tries to say to him, are you sure? And da- and Anthony's like, well, what's your objection? You've met Edwina. She's, you know, she's a good woman. Yeah. And I think Daphne's thinking she's not the one for you. Yeah. Definitely. What did you think of that library scene? I liked it. And it does get him thinking, doesn't it? She starts to talk a little bit about what love looks like and not being able to breathe or something. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, hang on a second then. Is that before or after the bee bite? I think before. Because now I'm worried that him having a panic attack, maybe he's thinking that that was actually him in love because it's oh like, God. you can't breathe. In oh, my person. God, that's funny. <laughs> that's quite funny, actually. How funny would that be? He's just, he's just lucky he didn't have, you know, a panic attack in front of Lady Featherington, else he'd be all uh, up yeah. there. <laughs> up in head grill. Um, okay. Any other best bits? Uh, no, I think we mentioned all the others. I, I did like, I did think it was funny when Prudence and Mama Featherington were trying to seduce the cousin. <laughs> I, I I kind of am shipping them now. Like, I'm not interested in the storyline between the heir and Lady Culper. Zero interest there for me. It's not entertaining. It's not particularly funny. No. There's no chemistry. Like, I'm just not into it. I thought it was a bit of a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. But I am now shipping Prudence and the air because I'm like, I actually want that to happen. But I want Prudence to have like a bit of a butterfly story where 
she develops as a person she blossoms and they have some kind of connection you know I want something big to happen to Prudence I don't see that happening I don't Damn see it. Prudence's character developing I think she's almost the funny dopey sidekick I think her sister gets a happy ending unfortunately and I think Penelope will but I think Prudence will be stuck as her mum's sidekick I mm. this takes me to predictions so I think Lord Featherington is gay why you ask Ooh, mm. okay because they were like oh never been married I thought that was weird the way his response it it felt practiced yes you know I yeah. thought what you're saying isn't sincere he says something like I wanted to find myself first and I was like that sounds like a rehearsed statement that you say yeah. that doesn't cause offense that sounds kind of vague yeah um and I thought that's odd yeah mm-hmm. and I don't see him fancying women in like a sexual lusty way at all he seems a little bit oh numb plus right. not bothered, bothered. so <gasps> I think I just thought of another clue. Oh my that god! Backs up your story. Are you thinking him and Benedict are going to get together? No, I know. I've okay. just thought of another line that actually backs up evidence to what you've just said. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Lady Featherington is kind of chatting away, and the air guy, what's he called? Lord Featherington. His cousin Jack. Oh, he cousin stands Jack. up and puts the newspaper down, and she says, "Oh, where are you going?" And he says, "I'm off to White's, which is like a man's club, isn't it?" And she said, "Oh yes, I'm sure you'll enjoy the company of the gentlemen there." And he kind of stops and looks at her before she goes. And I was like, ooh, is that another hint? You enjoy oh. the company of the gentleman. Yeah. Because they I drink think you're and right. stuff, don't they? And we haven't had a gay storyline yet. Oh, we have in season mm. one. You know what? I think you're absolutely right about this. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. Like now you've said it, I'm like, that 100 doesn't make sense because that's why I was like, there's no chemistry there's no interest when he's trying to court Lady Calpa I'm like mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah it doesn't seem real he doesn't care and he doesn't he's not interested in his cousin's rack either <laughs> as Prudence said yeah. cousin <laughs> oh my god that's another clue when she was like cousin Jack didn't look at my bosom oh he's my not god. a bosom guy he's a dick guy yeah and if oh he's spending a lot of time in white and then um yeah and it's just, it's, it's just interesting he doesn't seem to have like it's weird that he hasn't got a wife because he's older as as well like back then you'd mm. expect him to have a wife or something finding myself traveling finding myself as in as in I'm gay and I'm trying to yeah. find yeah. myself a male companion <laughs> interesting I think you've called it have you got any other predictions done and dusted moving on yeah. you heard it here first Bridget and Bitches is on fire <laughs> I'm worried that Colin okay in episode two I was like oh I wonder what Colin is gonna do like I wonder if he did really love Marina and then in this episode oh, he I suggests that, that he yeah. wants to meet her again and I was thinking this could be a really lovely twist if Colin ends up with Marina I would love that why because Colin made out that he liked Marina so much that had he known she was pregnant he would still marry her and I like the idea that after all his traveling, he couldn't get her off his mind. So it was a quite a deep connection that he felt. And it would give more meaning to his words. It would make me respect him more if actually he did get back to Marina. It was like, I do love you. I'm going to raise this baby with you. Let's make it work. So I'm kind of thinking yeah. that Colin and Marina are going to get together. I thought it was a bit odd because I was like, it was because Eloise said, why on earth did you come back if you loved Greece so much? And mm. he was like, basically saying because of Marina he couldn't get her out of his head but I never felt like their romance was that um deep and we never really got to see Colin absolutely in love it all felt very shallow because it was like a fake romance so I was a bit like oh really we're gonna go over that storyline again like aren't we moved on yeah maybe it's to show maybe it's to show the strength of his affection for her though I feel like Colin's having a little bit of a midlife crisis in his 20s. I feel like he's really lost and he's trying to figure stuff out. And Probably. But also, I feel like he's a bit of a loose end. Like, his storyline isn't really going anywhere. And then when they chucked in the marina thing, I was just like, oh. They're desperate. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, would you like to see him with Marina? I don't think she loved him. 
I'm over that whole storyline to be honest like she's she's gone off she's married somebody I don't see how that's got a future unless they have an affair while she's married unless that's going to be a thing because that could be hot that could be really hot that could be hot and I kind of love the idea of him choosing her despite her so-called ruin but you know she could be madly in love with this guy we don't know what her love story ends up looking like with the the brother that she married the thing is I don't think he did love her because at the end of the day she was exposed by Lady Whistledown as being with child so that's social suicide um he left he went abroad she could have ended up dying on the streets for all he cared so for all this love that he had at the end of the day he did abandon her to god knows what he didn't know she was going to get remarried did he before he left um I don't know actually I think so no I think he would have been aware I don't I don't know I can't remember now I'm sure he would have I'm sure he would have known but what I, th- I think that we tend to look back on our past sometimes when we're not very happy with where we are in the here and now. Yeah. And okay. the fact that he's revisiting Marina as a love option, the first woman that I think he properly liked, maybe he's a bit depressed. Mm. Maybe he went away thinking that traveling around doing the great tour would help him feel better. He'd find himself like he was really enthusiastic about traveling and he was really excited and he did it. And he's telling everyone how amazing it was, but he's still back home. He's still Colin. Yeah, I suppose so. Maybe he should have slept around a little bit. So does you know? I do wonder if that's part of the problem. I want to know whether that's what he did when he was abroad. Like, surely. It doesn't sound like he did, because Penelope asked him, like, oh, was there anyone involved? And he was like, Well, he's not going to say, oh, yeah, Pen, I went to a brothel one night. It was absolutely amazing. I got oh, with like six point. women. <laughs> I did the 69er. He's, I got yeah, her little sensibilities are um, a little bit delicate for that kind maybe of that's, talk. Maybe that's why he looked at her funny, because if he has had sexual encounters <laughs> with women, he's looking at Penny, he's like, oh, hello, she's got big he's boobs. Like, I know what they boobs. look like. <laughs> yeah, I remember the big boobs I was nuzzling in ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of that. Like, he knows what's underneath the petticoat, you see what I'm saying? He does now, yeah. It's not a secret anymore. It's every time he sees Pen, he's trying to imagining what it looks like They're naked, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's one theory. So we're not sure. (laughs) Uh, One question I want to ask is, did Colin get laid on the Grand Tour? Yeah. Maybe it's in the books. Does anyone know? I've not read the books, but yeah. Anyone who's read the books, let us know. Yeah, if anyone knows whether Colin got laid, let us know on our Facebook page. We really think he needs it. I'm thinking, no, he's just come back too serious. He came back with, like, maybe looking, he's still a very handsome-looking guy, but he came back looking, like, a little bit like he'd eaten quite a lot of, um, what kind of food do they eat in Greece? Feta. A lot of feta. And he's still in great shape. Actor, if you're listening to this, you're still in great shape. I'm not fat-shaming you, but I'm just saying that if you were getting laid every night, I think you'd be burning off the feta and you'd come back skinnier mm. because you've been getting laid. Yeah, interesting theory. Anyway, um, so poor Colin's sex life has been torn apart Demolished. by us. I've got so many questions for you. And, you know, okay. maybe the listeners can help at some point. Um I said, I liked it when Anthony tells the family that Edwina is coming to visit them. And then when he talks about the other sister and how annoying she is, like Kate this, Kate that, Benedict, Eloise and Colin look at each other. What are they thinking? I didn't notice that. I did not notice that. I still expect an answer. What, they think that actually he likes her? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he think they think that he's sort of exaggerating her power, or he's being a bit hypocrite after what he was like with Daphne. Oh, last that's season. probably what it is. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Do you think it was odd that Daphne mistook Kate for Edwina, and was it odd that Anthony approached Kate first? I thought it was a little bit weird that Anthony approached Kate first. I know he's trying to impress her, and he knows to get Edwina, he has to get Kate on side. But I still think it's weird that he his instinct was to greet her, not this other woman. But I guess that's because he doesn't love Edwina. If he loved her, he would have gone straight to her. So I did think it was a bit odd, yeah. Yeah. 
and and do you think it was odd that Daphne mistook Kate for Edwina or do you think it served the purpose of showing us that Daphne thinks that Kate is more his type yeah it's almost like they're really beating us over the head as viewers <laughs> that we must we must realize that Kate is more suited um, and she's the real one for Anthony and the fact that Daphne clearly saw that from the from that very first moment which is a little bit silly isn't it really because I mean how much can you tell from somebody after meeting them for literally five seconds yeah agreed um my next question when they're playing crochet and Edwina misses the hole everyone's like oh you know nice try and then Daphne hesitates like she doesn't want to clap what was that about because it's a fake clap, isn't it, I suppose? But then it's like, is Daphne really that bloody competitive that she's not willing to fake clap for someone doing yeah. a shit shot? It's like she didn't get the concept of clapping if someone didn't do something yeah. good. And I was like, Daph, it's that a guess. That was weird, wasn't it? It was yeah, so it's a guess. weird. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> like, what the hell? Calm down, love. And then yeah. I asked, why did Colin hit both balls? Which we've already discussed, mm. our theory. But then I've put, I'm obsessed with Daphne's face in this episode. I'm like, why does she do this? Why does she do that? But why did Daphne look puzzled when Colin hits both the balls and then they walk off together and Sneen Kate? She looks puzzled. She's got puzzled feet. Maybe on. that's her thinking, oh, I wonder if, or she's imagining them together. What, like having a face? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's Davis. thinking, hmm. Yeah, that maybe they should be together. Or I wonder what will happen now. Like she's just uh, observing them. Or maybe she's thinking, is it proper for them to be going off on their own? I don't know. Maybe she definitely knows that there's something between them. It's like she's she's like got a little a little radar for sexual chemistry. Maybe Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next question is, when Daphne talks about love, Anthony phases out. And I was wondering, is he thinking about Sienna? And is he thinking about whether or not he was in love mm. with Sienna or not? Well, that's what I was hoping, right? And I was thinking it would have been quite nice if he glanced away and he was glancing at a picture of Sienna so they could really make it clear to us that he is reminiscing about that relationship. Um, I don't know what he was. Th I think he was just thinking that actually I don't feel any of those things. Because if he's thinking yeah. about Edwina, then he doesn't, right? But he wasn't phasing out as if he was, like, concerned about the lack of those things. I felt like he was phasing out with an expression on his face of, this is sort of nudging at my subconscious. I feel like that I might have felt this way towards the okay. Kate. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, because we put this on our Facebook group, you know, did Anthony love Sienna? And a couple of our followers did say basically, no, it, it was infatuation. And I, I think yeah. they're right. I think it was infatuation. But what's the difference? Can't you be, can't love and infatuation be the same thing? Is there different types of love? Is infatuation just passion and desire, whereas love is like commitment and compromise? Oh Ooh. god, that sounds so boring. Did you read that off a mug? I should. I guys, let's make mugs by Bridges and Bitches. <laughs> okay, what is the difference between love and what was it? Infatuation. Well, you have a guess. What do you think it is? See who's well, closer. Infatuation, I suppose, is like obsession, but I guess you can be in love and be obsessed with somebody. It doesn't mean you don't love them. You still love them, you're just obsessed with them. Or or, or are people just trying to say it was more of an unhealthy love. Okay, well, I'm on menshealth.com forward slash sex hyphen women. It says, what is the difference between love and infatuation? It says, basically, they're pretty different. <laughs> love is a warm <laughs> attachment, enthusiasm or devotion to another person. Infatuation is a feeling of foolish or obsessively strong love for admiration, interest in someone. Or I think I prefer the infatuation, actually. So basically, love, love is a deep, committed attachment. And infatuation is shallower, but sounds more exciting and more fun. I guess stalkers are infatuated, I'd say. Someone that would yeah. stalk someone. Yeah. Still love, though, right? I don't know. It's still know. loving feelings. We'll have to ask this in our Facebook group, what's the difference between love and infatuation? Because I don't know, and I feel like I should. Um. Okay, so after the talk with Daphne at the table when they were eating, Anthony keeps looking at Kate 
And when Edwina says that they were a handful as children, so her and Kate were a handful as kids, mm. and so and Kate had to take care of the family, it's I put that Anthony is, is quite obviously staring Kate down. So why well, was it happening at this stage? And he he looks I, at her again before we think he will propose. Yeah. I thought he said uh, they were quite a handful. And I thought he said, I bet you were, and looked at Kate. Yeah, he did. Did I? He did. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, keep your pants on. Because to me, that <laughs> felt like a very flirty thing. Like, oh, I bet you were a right handful, wink. Yeah. Um. And I was like, that was a very blatant flirtation, I thought. He likes the fiery, difficult mm. women. And Sienna was fiery and headstrong. Um, this Edwina girl ain't a match. And that's what Daphne can see. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she's very demure and there's nothing wrong with her. She just isn't enough of a challenge. She, she's yeah. boring. Oh, but, Sorry. But then she has a sweetness and a niceness and I just think she's genuinely a very kind, thoughtful, sweet person. I really do like her more in this episode. I think I felt just so sorry for her being squeezed out of that. What was it called, that game that they were playing? Croquet. Yeah. Okay. I just felt bad for her. I think she deserved better. And I just, it was at this scene that I was like, I don't, I think Kate is, is thinking about herself here and her mm. needs. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get over that, but I can't. Um, <laughs> let me, let me see if I've got any other questions. I said, I like how Lady Whistledown and Penn have an understanding. Is it dangerous? But I like how they trust each other. And now we know what the funk... Ah, the modiste. Madame Delacroix. Yes. I'm reading yeah. up my notes and they were not making sense. So you and I were like, what is the function of the modiste? Um, why did she break up from Benedict? And so why is she still on the TV show? And now we know yeah. we've got our answer. Yeah, we did one, didn't we? We were like, because I was like, otherwise they're going to have to write her out because there's nothing for her to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fair play. There's there's going to be a collaboration there. Hopefully yeah. it'll get a bit more exciting between them. Do you think it will work out? Or do you think there'll be conflict? Mm. Yeah, maybe. She, I don't know. I'm looking I, forward to seeing what's going to happen there. I'm concerned that there's going to be conflict and that actually the modis although she seems reasonable now i'm concerned that she's going to be greedier and greedier and then Ooh. put lady whistledown in a situation where she's a bit screwed because now she's she knows someone knows her secret true she could quite easily blackmail her i hope that doesn't happen because i like her as a character i think she's got integrity integrity i hope yeah. that doesn't happen i hope so and also it would be a shame for them to reduce this female relationship in that way because I feel like I feel like Kate and Edwina's relationship is going to be threatened at some point mm. um the only other relationship that we have that I like between two well no, that's not true we've got a few powerful relationships haven't we we've got Lady Bridgerton and Lady Danbury we've got um Penn and Eloise so Actually, I just yeah. realised, you know, um, the Duke's friend, I can't remember his name, the Will. boxing guy. Yeah. yeah, Will, he set up his own club in episode one and he's dropped off the face of the earth now for the last two episodes. Yeah, I was thinking What's about him about? and I was, I was missing him. I, I, I don't know. So is he rich now? Is he a member of the ton? I guess so, but it's just a bit weird. They're going to obviously pick that up later. I, or maybe yeah do you think it will be know. something to do with um it's gambling isn't it oh so is it you... I thought it was just a men's club oh I thought that's what they do in the men's club oh I think they do all sorts they drink they talk about politics they smoke oh I think it's just I like a it bit was... of a I totally misunderstood I thought it was like some sort of gambling poker session hmm well that makes um... sense yeah, so that would be interesting to see if that picks up again because that just feels like it's dropped off. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's me done. Let me just do one more quick check. Um, did you want to mention anything about your newspaper or anything? Uh, no, that's cool. We've got a link for that. So, um, yeah, uh, 
come on to Facebook and find us. We're called Bridgerton Girls because we're not allowed to use the B word on Facebook. It got banned. Um, <laughs> and let us know what you think. Uh, and we'll be releasing episode four next week. So make sure you you press subscribe and follow. Lovely. Well, have a cool. lovely evening, lords and ladies. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.